magician. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Troy Noons is an Absolute Podcast. This is officially the Levante Johnson Appreciation Podcast because, well, it's the only thing we had to cheer about this weekend as Syracuse fans. Uh, if anyone didn't catch it right before we started recording, Syracuse has defeated UNC 1-0 to move on to the ACC Tournament Finals in Cary, North Carolina. Is that where they're doing that? Uh, no, they're doing it Wake. And it's the semifinals is going on too, not the finals just yet. Oh come on, I'm just getting ahead of getting ahead of schedule here. So they'll face, <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll face uh, Virginia, Virginia in the semis, and that'll be at the SU Soccer Stadium. That works. Can't go wrong there. Love the ACC saying that they want to minimize travel uh, for schools, which I understand. But you're then asking, you know, teams to be bouncing around from home stadium to home stadium to then potentially travel for a neutral site final. You could just do the whole thing in the neutral site, but you know, I am not one to uh, to think about or running the ACC. So my opinion doesn't really matter. ACC, I know a great place in Hope. Time to host. <laughs> Uh, listen, last time I checked, I thought Red Bull... Yeah, no, Red Bull is free right now. Uh, I'm pretty sure that they... Well, ev- uh, well, everyone is free right now, mainly because of the World Cup scheduling. Yeah, the, yes. the glorious scheduling of the World Cup. And I think uh, next week or the week after, we should do a uh, World Cup preview. Uh, probably two weeks, we'll do the, the World Cup preview. Uh, World Cup starts next week, dude. Or no, does it start no, in two, two weeks. weeks? Two weeks. Two weeks, two, okay. Two pods. Two pods. Two pods. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I was like having this moment where I was like, I thought it was next week. No, no. no, Wait, we have one more. Oh, wait, no. Is it the 19th? Yeah, it's the 19th. All right. We might have to do one pod. One pod. Oh, you know what? The U.S. doesn't play until Monday. So that's what that's what it is. Yeah. So, yeah. You know what the most pertinent thing is? When does Canada play its first game? Mm, Point. Good point. And I don't know the answer to that. But that's uh, since it is November twenty third. That is light. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> so yeah, since we're Canada's college team, we're going to be covering Canada for the World Cup because well, Miles Robinson is still out with injury, unfortunately, and he would have been a lock and a real real help to the U.S. team right now. It would have made that U.S. defense look a lot better. Yeah, uh, right now it wouldn't take much to make that U.S. defense look a lot better, but uh, that's for another podcast. Right hey, now, Aaron Long is a great guy. He's a great guy and doesn't have great hair. Um, but the uh, I, I can say the Syracuse defense, actually, in both footballs looked pretty good. Um, being able to hold down, even where did we lost a Pregler? We have a Pregler back. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Internet. That, that one really threw me for a loop. Yeah, but, me um, too. Uh, yeah, for anyone, again, as we mentioned at the top, Syracuse is uh, moving on after a, a very hard-fought uh, game against UNC in some inclement weather. Uh, I was up at the, the SU Soccer Stadium for the first half, ended up um, being quite drenched after a nice downpour that started right at kickoff. And uh, the field and the, the, the play you know, was much, much cleaner and nicer than uh, what conditions should have warranted, but uh, I think it worked out, in, worked out in the end with a late, late winner by Levante Johnson. The the three yard typical spot in front of the keepers did not look great. <laughs> <laughs> the the nice little uh, mud hole. Yeah, the mud hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Overall, very soggy day up there. I uh, I almost slipped and fell on my keister on the hill because well, I don't wear cleats to a soccer game. Um, thankfully, those on the pitch were. So now we have a stoic state or a stoic pregler. Uh, for anyone who's listening <laughs> to this on the pod. Uh, Andy's having some internet trouble, so he's going in and out. Um, I yeah, <laughs> there's there's no other way to describe it. He uh, he currently has a, a wonderful mug up on the screen, but um, but when we do that live podcast on the four train for the pinstripe pull, we yeah. won't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to be either that or uh, you know taking the taking the green line in from Cleveland Circle on the uh, for the for the Fenway Bowl. Yeah, well, no, we'll just do it from the monster seats. No, no, that'll be better. There you go. It'll be be tough to be tough to bring the mixer up there, but we'll see what we can do. Ah, uh, come on, never say never. <laughs> <laughs> Don't threaten me with a challenge. We might as well get into it because this is what people are here for. Football. Oh, they, weren't, they weren't here for the soccer uh, talk. I mean, they were, but 
Yeah, more people are here for the football. Oh, okay. Yeah. So again, Syracuse lost in a not so brilliant fashion. Uh, Nineteen nine was your final score. Um, guess what? That <laughs> two points on either side away from the uh, from the uh, Rutgers score from last year. No. In a game that was probably very akin yeah, to that yeah. Rutgers game from last year. Just about as stupid. Just about as stupid. That was definitely Sicko's game worthy. Um, and we might as well get we might as well talk about the good before we talk about all the bad because there's gonna be a lot of bad to talk about and what that means for the future. Uh defensively the run defense held when it needed to. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And and I think especially in the defense that Tony White runs, that's the best you're going to hope for. Is for the run defense to hold when it it matters the most. Because when you when you're forced to play against a number of scenarios, the best thing that you can do is honestly you know Play your normal defense. It's going to be a, a lighter box, just because of the personnel that you have, and just wait on a play to happen. Because that's basically what Syracuse's run defense is coming down to. Yeah, and it's almost at this point, it's almost like it has to. There were various points. Uh, uh, Jatias Gear went out. Um, I believe Kevin Darton went down hard, and he came back into the game, but definitely. Uh, and looked very good after, but still was, you know, also also an injury concern. Um, that middle of the Syracuse defense is getting ultra banged up and wasn't all that healthy to begin with. So, well, and to be fair, wasn't all that, you know, no no offense to anyone, wasn't the, the talent center of the team to begin with either. So uh, we knew run defense was going to be a uh, problem for the initial run for the season, but uh, it really, they, they made the most of what they could and it still wasn't pretty, but you know, I guess, like you said, they, they came up when they needed to, but uh, there, there's going to be more concerns because Florida state can also run. Well, at the very least, like one of the other things that makes Florida state really good is Jordan Travis in terms of Mm. um, him being a better passer this year as well. Like a lot of, quarterbacks have become and Syracuse luckily has shown that they can at least limit that somewhat especially because the safeties are continuing to improve the game by game by game and somewhat out of nowhere but somewhat not at the same time Jihad Carter has become a turnover machine yes but again add him to the list of people that went down with injury well he came back in didn't he yeah much like Darton he came back in but he was yeah. You know, you know, we're starting to we're starting to add some some nicks and cuts and bangs and bruises here. This is where Dino probably would have liked the leader by week that he's been accustomed to having. Yeah, but then again, he might not have won the game coming out of it. So now that he's broken oh. that curse, <laughs> the uh, pit. Sorry, everyone, my Wi-Fi sucks. Uh, pit almost as bad as Syracuse's run defense. Uh, I thought one of the things that was really interesting about Pitt, and I I forget who tweeted it out, so my thing is that Pitt's offense was doing so much motioning, a lot of it just for the sake of motioning, um, rather frustrating, and it did look a lot like Matt Canada's offense never really left. Uh, but what? <laughs> there we go, Christian. Yeah, it was Christian. Um, <laughs> that was but what, that was me in our Slack chat. Yeah. Like that was that was so uh, clearly back That was so clearly Matt Canada motion. It was incredible. <laughs> And Syracuse, for its credit, did a good job of not falling for it. But what I thought Pitt was doing a lot of were these, like, hey, we're going to move people in a lot of different directions, and then we're just going to have the running back follow these bodies that are moving in this direction. Uh, and I'm, I'm just kind of curious, Steve. Like, one of the things that I think Syracuse has really struggled with has been pursuit of the runner and, in general, being able to bring guys down. And I think part of that is just we're not dealing with the best bodies. And that's like a very big part of differentiating starting defensive players from backup defensive players is 
getting smarter about pursuit and fighting through fighting through blocks and you know making your hits on the running backs count but one of the things that I'm going to try to look up this week that somebody um poked me about was what it feels like Syracuse's yards after contact allowed in the first 5 games was average if not above average and in the last 3 games has to be one of the worst imaginable yeah yeah both and both of those are probably true uh the other thing um i know at one point christian and i simultaneously mentioned that justin Barron does not know how to make a pursuit angle um <laughs> there was a screen i, I was, love justin Barron so much but... oh he's he's such a key cog in this defense but like yeah. his pursuit angle on anything in the flats or screen is just like it's horrendous painful. <laughs> Like the the Will Shipley fourth quarter touchdown, mm-hmm. that was all on Justin Barron taking starting flat first. Oh yeah, yeah. And this was uh, I think it was a Rodney Hammond screen to the right where yes. that, mm-hmm. uh, that that caught both of us of like, oh they showed the oh. replay and from the angle you just see like he's coming in here and the play's already over there. Yeah, just like it's, I, dude, just it's not it's not there. He's <laughs> like. Hammond was already level on the same yard line when right. Barron started to turn upfield. <laughs> Whoops. Um, but yeah, I mean, pursuit angles be what they may. Uh, and, and in all honesty, it may be a, a bit of the um, not so much talent gap or anything, but like the, or no, not so much. Yeah, I guess I would say it might be the talent gap that we've seen these last three games compared to the first five, um, where we can cover guys in the flats, where we can, you know, open field tackle against, uh, you know, playing man up against people of your your caliber or below. But when you've got when you're when you're playing against these five stars and guys that are probably bigger, stronger, quicker than you, you need to pursue them differently. You need to tackle them differently. You need to you, you can't just arm tackle. Or, you know, uh, even even put a put a head on someone and not you know full form tackle. So it's it's a little bit of little bit of everything when it comes to why this has seemed to change. Although at the same time, the defense is still staying stalwart. Yeah, I thought the defense especially had a lot of really solid bend don't break moments. They did. They gave the offense the ball multiple times with opportunities to, you know, tie or make the make the deficit a, a one score deficit. And uh, I think this is this a natural turning point into where we talk about what we saw on the offensive side of the ball with Carson Del Rio Wilson. Did we see anything? I, I'm going to be honest, like. <laughs> yes and no. Like. He didn't look bad, but he didn't look great. He, he likes to stare down his first read real hard. Like, he yeah, is trying to... Th- I, I, again, at the same time, right. like... It, we get to one of the overarching themes of the season. Did we learn anything different? No. No! No, and, I, I mean, Dario Wilson, like, he had some ups. He likes to use a lot of other receivers. He doesn't... Like he may lock into his first read, but his first read isn't always around against in junior. Yeah, like yes. for, for me. Um, well, should it be? <laughs> I, the couple of times he tried to target him, he weren't completions. Yeah. yeah. So like like for me, like especially like given that that's his first start for Syracuse, like yes, it wasn't a good game. It wasn't a great game, but it wasn't a bad game either. Like. I, I still found things to like about that game from Carlos Oriol Wilson. Like, he looks like a better passer than Syracuse have had in quite some time. Yeah. And there's a lot to like about him mechanically and, and fluidity just in terms of what he brings as a natural quarterback for that Syracuse system that makes him very attractive to be the leader of said system in future years to come. Yeah. And and Derek, a lot of this is again first year mistakes. Yeah, and first start. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I uh, he got a lot of practice with it, but I do like the way I I do like his pocket presence in that he will step up and yeah. that he will stay in a pocket. It's not just like sprint out. 
the offensive line did him less than zero favors. Um, I actually might have enough time to dive in on this this week. I know I've been right, saying please, that for a please while. Please do, because um, we'll, we might as well talk about it. Yeah, it ain't great, and it was real bad to start the game. Um, so bad that Chris Bleich got sent packing. Um, I don't know if this means I get to erase my whiteboard at this point, but he had two false Beardy, starts. Who do you get replaced by? Huh? Who do you get replaced by? Dakota Davis. And who replaced Davis at the left guard? Enrique Cruz. Who went to right tackle? Cruz played right tackle. Dakota Davis went to guard. So who played left guard? Callan Ellis. Oh, I thought Ellis was just injured. Or was I just blind? I thought he was playing. Was I just blind? That's the other. So the other thing I've noticed is if I'm on short recap, I actually have to watch what the ball's doing instead of just staring at the fat guys. So <laughs> it really throws my offensive line analysis off. Yeah, Bleich played 54 snaps. Ellis huh. didn't play. Oh, well, that, that was it. all. That that was all. Cruz and Bleich on the right side, and Davis on and Roberts on the left side. Well, that explains why things were shit. Yeah. Yeah, I because mean, remember, Ellis got Ellis got injured at the yeah, end, the of, end that, of the mm, at the end of the uh, Notre Dame game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say the other thing that kind of goes to shit is that Pitt has found yet another NFL high ceiling caliber interior defensive player who just absolutely wreaks havoc against teams that do not have NFL quality interior linemen. Um I it's I I I feel like Pitt is just going to keep like once every 10 years they're like, "Oh, we need a generational talent on defense." Well, Let, can't just, we'll, we'll, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um and so it is rather like at some point in time, yeah, the offensive line play was not good, but also I don't know what else you can do with the injuries that Syracuse has against uh, a, a player like that. Who's just going to blow like a couple of times. And again, Steve, I know we've talked about this a lot, but I thought that on a, not every play, but there were a couple of times in the second half where they were doing a decent job of at least shoving the pressure to one side and Carson Del Rio Wilson stepping up away from where they were pushing the pressure to. The problem was, is then, that was locking onto the first reads, missing some of the throws, like the things that, you know, made his game not ideal. Well, um, one I mean, of the things like I did... sailing the throws, like you talked about, that's, you know, I, I guarantee that's something that him and Beck are already talking about. Yeah. Of like, mm -hmm. yeah. like that's adjustable. It's, yeah. And I, I think that's the thing that we see from Syracuse, at least from this game from Carlos Torrio Wilson, which I, which is why I'm a little bit more optimistic, is that the mistakes he's making will seem very, very fixable. Yeah, and yeah, I'd agree there. I, he's, his bot, like his body type, is he can he's not as like I don't think he's as fast as Schrader, uh, but he's just as big and he's capable of like lowering the shoulder and going for a run. Yeah, he just also has a cannon that Schrader does not have, like that wheel route that was not a great read. Um, because, you know, the guy was basically hugging the end zone anyways, uh, or the, uh, not end zone, the, the sideline anyways, and it was like, eh, that was going to be a tough catch either way. But, like, that was a cannon of a throw delivered to a spot that only the wide receiver was going to get. Was it the right read? No. Was it a hell of a throw? Absolutely. And a lot, and the reason why I'm a little bit more optimistic about this as well is, again, a lot of this is first practice, first start. And so... When you're locking onto the first read, you're going to do go for Carlos Torrio Wilson. He's going to do what's comfortable for him. And with only a week of practice, Baber said that that Torrio Wilson did get all the uh, the reps with the ones in practice. But that's still only a week of practice with the ones. Right. So you're not used to you're not used to okay. What happens if X, Y, and Z happens in this play? Because your your primary objective is okay. What do I want this play to do? Well, I want to get it to X, mm -hmm. and that's why I'm. That's why this seems more fixable than Schrader locking onto his first receiver, because but Schrader, he's had a lot of experience about what to do when his first read isn't available. Give it to Sean Tucker. <laughs> yeah. But or or for or for him, or for him, it's find a way to escape the pocket and right. Just run get somewhere. out of dodge. Yeah. 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 And this, I mean, again, we've talked about it a couple of times, but 
the the offensive line being as bad as they were did not do Dory Wilson any favors. Um, also, for the record, I will in anything I write just be referring referring to him as CDRW outside of the first mention because holy hell, I'm not writing that out every time. Um, <laughs> that's what I, that's what I've done on Twitter. Yeah. Dario Wilson is just so many characters. Well, the problem is I also miss hyphen it every time. I'm like, Del Bash (laughs) Rio space Wilson. No, that's wrong. Go back. Like, "Ah, CDRW. Done. Um, Mm -hmm. The, but, you know, the offensive line didn't do him any favors, but also was facing not just Cansey, but like most of Pitt's front seven are very solid. Uh, Servosia Dennis. It's such an Arduzzi team. Oh, yeah. They're facing... They're facing a CBA quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Uh, <laughs> however, he was playing linebacker and is probably going to be played in the league next year. Um, yeah. And then, um, so for anyone who doesn't know, Servosia Dennis uh, went to CBA, is at Pitt, is a linebacker, is very good at what he does. Um, and played a hell of a game against us. Uh, go figure. Yeah, he was, he, oh, he was, he was probably to... slightly motivated. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Deslin Alexander is a pass rush specialist, um, also apparently a safety specialist uh, when going up against a tight end that is completely overmatched. Uh, so there's there's a lot, you know, uh, since NC State, we haven't even seen a front like this. Like Notre Dame, yes, they had big beef, but talent-wise and like causing trouble-wise, I would say these guys were the best we've seen. And I will, like, we we should, that leads nicely into fan reaction of just this past three weeks in general. Like, it would have been nice for Syracuse to keep the good times rolling of a 6-0 start and an undefeated start. But we all knew this was coming. Like, if you go back to all our previews, this was always going to be the toughest part of the schedule. Now, Syracuse lucked out because of NC State injuries, making that NC State game much easier. But we knew that this stretch of games, including the next two games on the schedule, were going to be the toughest part of the season for Syracuse. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, so it's not so. So while, you, while you're allowed to be disappointed, you shouldn't be surprised and angry by the results. Well, and even my like preseason predictions, I I pulled up the glorious uh, why why Syracuse football <laughs> will finish X and X in two thousand twenty two, and um you know I I pulled up my six and six, and it's like even then I had us losing to Louisville, winning the rest of the uh, games that we had won, um no not even, uh, and then losing to the Wolfpack. So two two of the games we won already having lost, and this was the optimistic look at things uh, outside of Andy seven and five, which I think only added in the NC State win or maybe the Louisville win. But you know, losing to Clemson, losing to Notre Dame, losing to Pitt, beating Florida State, losing to Wake Forest, beating Boston College. You know, take those last three as you may, but this stretch was going to be losses for any rational fan that saw this team even if you saw six and six if you watched those games did anything from the purdue or virginia game say we're going to beat notre well uh i guess the artist formerly known as notre dame that decided to show up these last two weeks um like if we got played marshall notre dame sure but we didn't we got them after they figured their shit out and are starting to you know make uh, what what was the final last night against uh, Clemson but um yeah yeah Notre Dame is good at football they just needed some time to wake up yeah yeah my seven and five had them with the four with a four loss stretch in the middle there anyways but like my actual prediction I think had them losing pretty much every game after the bye week I think Um, your actual prediction yeah yeah, I mean I was again I was the optimist on the the staff predictions again I was (laughs) I was four and eight so right this yeah, was yeah. already fine. Right, you're already great yeah. at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's like and I think that this is the the reality is that when Syracuse went 6 and 0, was getting ranked, was getting the hype that they were getting, 
uh, it was because, holy shit, they're 6-0 and in the ACC. If you win out in the ACC, you go to the playoff. And there's the, the great thing about college football is that every year there's one or two teams that do that and, like, make a run and become, like, legitimate playoff hopefuls. The difference is, is that there's a level of talent on those teams. And I think that we did a lot of projecting our hopes onto Syracuse's roster in spaces that it didn't quite exist. And, like, I was definitely guilty of that in, in some areas, especially at the, the wide receiver core. And I think we're looking at a middling ACC team, which is great. That's what we wanted out of this season. Like, listen, just get back to the middle of the ACC. Get back to a, a position where we are not a rollover pushover game, uh, which we haven't been. Uh, there have been moments in all those games where every opponent has had to deal with Syracuse. It's just this moment of like, yeah, it kind of sucks when you when you start with your expect. If the if Syracuse had lost games earlier in the year and then won, you know, four or five in a row to get to six wins, we'd be talking about how the season was salvaged and about how this team has grit and heart and all these things. It's just that the wins came first. And we, uh, a lot of people put their expectations and hopes and dreams before, you know, the real part of the season opened up. And that's fine. That's college football. I, I, my argument is that this is probably what we should have every year. I want us to get to 6-0 and every year and then lose four or five games because it means we got to six wins and we're going bowling. Right. Like, that's the, that's the important part here. We're going to get, what, it's another month of practices you basically get with a bowl game? Yeah. Yeah. And especially like, with the bowl game that we're probably going to go to, it is going to be a month. It's not going to be an early bowl game. Yeah. Well, in the it's, way that's the way the, for the twenty twenty two practices are scheduled for bowls, I believe it's a rotating schedule of or a rotating shift of you can have X number of weeks or X number of practices, and it's filled in within the gap. But yeah, I mean they can keep them around for as long as they want if we're going to be on that last week. So, can't beat that. And like, and like, let's go back to what I said at the beginning of this as well. Like, did we learn anything new from Syracuse in these past three weeks? And the answer is no, because we knew Syracuse's strengths and we knew Syracuse's weaknesses. Syracuse was still getting these wins with Sean Tucker having less than ideal games. They were still getting these wins with the run defense being... Not great. Purdue and Virginia's run de- runs kept them in those games because their running backs were taking advantage of the Syracuse front. Right. The offensive line, whether it was penalties or bad play, was finding interesting ways for Syracuse to lose games or, or like make games a lot more interesting than they should have been. So we haven't learned anything new from this Syracuse team. Nothing has changed in this Syracuse team other than a ding here and there. And so it shouldn't be surprising because no. the Syracuse the Syracuse team hasn't played any different than it has to start the season. In the immortal words, yeah. they are who we thought they were. They are who they thought they were. And we definitely oh. let them off the hook. Mm-hmm. But you know who doesn't let you off the hook? Home field apparel. Wow, that's that a new really house forced. segue if I'm I ever sorry. heard one. We need to spend a lot of time on this right now. <laughs> Listen, home field apparel is great. They never let you off the hook because every time they come through with the comfiest t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, and joggers that you could possibly imagine, all branded with your favorite uh, vintage mascot clothing. Uh, but today we have a special announcement for you. Not only do you get the opportunity to get 10% off your first order with the promo code NUNES, N-U-N-E-S, you should go to Homefield Apparel's Twitter account because they currently are doing a Google survey asking which schools you would like to see vintage basketball warm-up jackets made of. Uh, Syracuse fans, I would really like a vintage Syracuse basketball jacket. Uh, I would love to stuff that ballot box, but they're using Google Forms, which tracks IP addresses. So <laughs> Connor is 
probably not going to see my 144 uh, votes for Syracuse and Syracuse only. Uh, the rest of you should go vote there, so that way we can get amazing, vin- more amazing vintage Syracuse gear. And reminder, uh, use promo code NUNES, N-U-N-E-S, for 10% off your first order. I don't want to talk about sad football things anymore, but Florida State is coming to the Dome. They are opening as six-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, gentlemen, is this game really just coming down to... Can Syracuse stop the run enough that Jordan Travis will make a Jordan, enough Jordan Travis mistakes that we capitalize? Or is that oversimplifying uh, a relatively strong opponent that is like Syracuse and wildly inconsistent in its game-to-game? No, I think... A, I actually think Syracuse can do okay against Jordan Travis. The question is going to be on the other side of the ball. Because Jared Verse is going to line up against Bleich and Cruz slash Davis. Hmm. Hmm. And and if you can judge that by the tone of Steve's hmm, I don't think he likes that matchup. No. No, that's not, not great. Jared Verse matching up against anyone that is not named Matthew Bergeron on our offensive line is not great. Like, luckily, Jared Verse last year was lined up against Matthew Bergeron. Right. Decidedly, yeah. this year, he's not. <sighs> yeah, Jared Verse, who's also a top, projected top 10 NFL draft pick. Jared Verse, the Albany player that Syracuse half-heartedly attempted to court. We probably should have Oh, there was no more half-hearted. Hardly... It was, we whole-assed it. No, no. Yeah, yeah. We, did we whole-ass it? Yeah, yeah but we when, did yeah, yeah, okay. when you're playing a three-three-five compared to a traditional, like, he he went to where he's going to get the most eyes for the NFL at the position he wants to play, and Which it was is, a yeah, very smart move for him. Like there, there was no <laughs> quit, working like, out okay. Well, yeah, I mean, at the same time, like what he would have played for Syracuse is not the position he would have played. Like he's not a he, he's not a Caleb Okachukwu. He's not a stand up linebacker. He's more of a traditional guy. And he's Chandler Jones. Get, right. And he's not going to get that in the current Syracuse system. Yeah. Yep. So. And it's going to be, uh, I'm assuming that he's probably going to have a nice little contingent of people probably going to ball out for a bit. It's going to be, a, it's going to be a tough game um, for Syracuse to win on the offensive side of the ball. I'm really hoping that the defensive side of the ball comes up with some uh, defensive scores. Feels like it's going to need to be that kind of game. So in a 62-24 to 24 Syracuse win last year against Albany, Jared Verse still graded out as a 79.9. <laughs> this is in a 40-point loss. He graded out as a 79.9. As the only legitimate defender on an FCS team. Yeah. So. Good for yep. him. Fun times. He's going to get paid a lot of money. I'm happy for him. Mm-hmm. Um... Capital guys is going insane. Like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about us. You're talking about us. Speaking of players from the capital region, Joseph Gerard the third. Oh boy, uh, is, is Glen oh. Falls really capital region? Like, it's I, 40 minutes away. I think they claim it. I was gonna say, I think technically, I forget who it was. Maybe it was his ESPN profile that said he was from Albany, and I was like, ooh, someone does not want to really do a lot of work here. Um, he probably played at least with one AAU team out of Albany, which is where, where that come from. So I'm he, willing to give them some slack there. He was a City Rocks there. kid, wasn't he? I thought he was. Yeah. I thought he was a City Rocks kid. But, you know, you know how AAU things work. Um, no, I actually Sarah- don't. <laughs> and I oh. don't care to. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, let's explain AAU. No, let's not explain AAU. Like, um, I, I get the-, the broad brushes, but it's like, it's so convoluted. And yeah, no, I'm just... No. But we know one sports. We know one sports. Seabass isn't playing. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. He's, Those he's built like me. Do you think? Uh, <laughs> you think there's any hope? Well, he's not playing. He's not playing center at Syracuse. I can tell you that. No. Uh, well, at least not basketball center. Uh, <laughs> Syracuse is opening against Lehigh on Monday. Um, it is the only game that they play this week. Uh, so even though the basketball season starts, it kind of doesn't feel like the basketball season is starting. You you get the one game and then you wait and we don't really get into the true, like two games per week swing until after, 
Um, I don't think Lehigh is supposed to be that much of a of a struggle for the Orange. Now, nah, that does not mean that they won't be a struggle for the Orange. Um, but to give you some context, Syracuse right now is a 19-point favorite over Lehigh, according to the odds makers. That kind of spread is not usually something thrown around lightly. Uh, but we do know that there are some clear issues with this team. Christian, what are you hoping to see out of the Orange in their opener against an opponent that they should dominate? I think Syracuse, in order to get that 19-point spread, you have to score offensively. And what you need to do offensively is to create opportunities. Right now, the only people who look willing to create opportunities are Joe Girard and Judah Mintz. Now, Jesse Edwards, he can't do much because he's going to stay in the post, and that's where he's going to try and score. But for the other guys on the floor, something has to happen in order for them to entice Mintz and Gerard to get off, give off the ball. Because if if there doesn't seem like an enticing option for Gerard and Mintz, they're just going to try and play hero ball themselves. Which is what we saw in the exhibition games. Is a lot of passing around, and then all of a sudden, Mintz and Gerard have to try and force something, and that's where the turnovers happen. So the other guys on the floor have to show that they want to do something offensively, whether it's off-ball movement, primarily off-ball movement, or even ISO plays themselves when they get the ball for a touch. There needs to be more offensively to this team than Gerard, Mintz, and Edwards. Because right now, if it's just those three, there's too many other mistakes that can happen. And I guess the, so from what we've seen, I only saw one of the two preseasons. It doesn't seem like Benny has taken that offensive step forward or just that he's not getting the ball. I think it's the latter. I don't think he's getting the ball. Yeah. Because in the first game, when he got the ball, he's being pretty aggressive. Okay. And the first game was the one I didn't see, but it looked like he was just missing an action in the second game. Yeah, no, he, well, like again, in the second game. Yeah. Who do you recall touching the ball most of the time? Like Gerard said, and Mintz. The two guards. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel, I, I feel like right now, and again, this is kind of what you get when you have this level of turnover at the guard position where you're, you know, you're looking, and again, it's weird to say this, but, like, Joe has spent the last, like, he's not a true point guard, he's really a two, and you spent last year with two guys in Buddy Bayheim and... um. Oh my gosh! I just blanked on the other guy, the one that's with the late that was with Cole the Lakers. Swider. Cole Swider, yeah. Um, those were two guys that, even though I know Swider wasn't a guard, he had some guard-like tendencies. To, to put it uh, lightly, and going, I feel like <laughs> I thought you were going full raftery. No, not quite, not quite. Um, but it's the idea that Gerard, like Gerard, didn't need to be the facilitator of ball movement. He didn't need to be like the center point of the ball moving into scoring places and into scoring hands. And I feel like that's something that this year's team is really going to struggle with for a bit, unless Judah kind of takes over and says, "You know what? You're not going to be the true one." I'm going to play more like a one and let you play more like a, you know, a, a true shooting two. Um, because, yeah, Christian, I think that Benny is the one to answer your question. He's really the one that has to be more aggressive, more assertive, and put up more points for the Orange team to take that step forward. But he is not somebody who is going to demand the ball. We saw that last year. It's not that he's, he, you know... He's sticking it out at Syracuse. He didn't transfer, uh, even with all the struggles that he had last year when he was healthy. And I feel like that kind of personality, like that kind of personality, unless something dramatically changes as the season goes on, he needs someone to help facilitate that offense getting to him. And I just don't know if we have that on the roster today. Doesn't mean we won't have that on the roster later on. But again. I feel like this is what we've been doing this now for three basketball seasons. Cause I think we started in the middle of a basketball season, Steve, but 
but I feel like the entire time that we've done this, it's the same thing. There's a lot of nice pieces here. They do not fit together at all. Yeah. No, that that either it's either they don't fit or what we've seen of them doesn't fit. If you can like Christian, you know, posited, if you can find a way to get the two guys to give up the ball or distribute the ball, um, that would be quite, you know, nice and maybe add a dimension to this team and unlock something that we haven't seen. The and and the problem is is that there is a part of the reason why Gerard and Mintz aren't giving up the ball is because they realize there isn't an option other than them to score. Mm, true. And and so that they have to do that. So the guys need to put themselves in position in order to get the ball in order to score. But if Gerard and Mintz realize and I'm willing to bet more than 50% of the time they're correct in saying, oh, if I give the ball to you, we're still just going to do nothing offensively right now. So let me just take it. Right. Yeah. And that logic is logic. Um, and like, and, and I agree with it. And the problem is, is that they're probably right about 50% of the time. But at the same time, when they're right like that, it also doesn't develop the other options, and it also doesn't, yeah. uh, especially this early in the season, it also leads to being ultra-predictable, which uh, is going to be bad enough in out-of-conference mm-hmm. play, let alone when we get to ACC play. Because I'm not going to lie, that second uh, preseason game, when we were, I think at one point we were down f- or up up five in the second half, and they were closing, and it was just like, this doesn't feel right. Like we're we're gonna Lemoyne the hell out of this because they want. I think, I think Cuse went from being up like sixteen or something to barely hanging on, and then they opened it back up again. But it was like something just doesn't feel right about this. Everything stalls out. Everything's not moving. The defense looks like trash. Everything yeah. was going sideways. Well, there is another reason for that, and it's another one of the hidden reasons that's, like, so obvious that you don't need to say it, but it needs to be said anyway. Jesse Edwards needs to stay out of foul trouble. Mm-hmm. Because when he gets into foul trouble, when you saw it in this game, in the last exhibition game, yeah. his play drastically changes because he knows his importance to this team. So he has to play ultra-conservative once he gets into foul trouble. Right, which once he starts playing ultra-conservative makes him not as important to this team. Yes, because a 60% Jesse Edwards versus whoever's coming in going 100% is probably at best on par and not a foul liability. Yeah. I mean, the good thing is that defensively it doesn't look like it'll be a drop-off, but that needs to be wait and seen against tougher competition. Right. Because Munir Hima looked pretty good defensively. Never got the ball offensively to show if that was going to be the case or not, but... Right. You know, defensively, he looked fine. But again, that was against D2 competition. Yeah. It it certainly just it feels like there's a lot of unknowns, and it's nice that Syracuse starts with Lehigh. They don't start with a preseason tournament, um... And again, what we see on Monday, they then have a full week off before they come back and play. This is uh, the problem. Yeah, yeah. Yep. They don't they, they don't play again until the fifteenth against Colgate, who you know famously upset them last year. Exactly. That's uh, the, that's going to be the slight problem. Is that hey, you got a week off, but you only have one game of meaningful action to prepare for Colgate. Yep. And then they, uh, you know. They've got Northeastern after that, another kind of drop-off game that you shouldn't shouldn't have too much issues with. But then they roll right into Barclays against Richmond, a guaranteed game, and then one of Temple or, I want to say it's it's not St. John's. GCU. St. John's, there you go. Um, so yeah, there's there's a there's a tune-up road here, but it the the difficulty level jumps up. Pretty significantly uh, once once we get to Thanksgiving, which is not that far away. Um, so it's I'm slightly concerned, but again, I think 
the a lot of a lot will be told if someone other than Gerard and Mintz gets on the score sheet in a significant way. Um, because yeah, I think Christian, you're that's the that's going to be the question all season long. If it doesn't get answered uh, over the next couple of weeks, it's just going to be there. Yep. Looking forward to that one. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Awkward silence. This is uh, yeah. It, well, I was going to say, in other news, uh, women's basketball is at least trying to drum up some hope. Uh, if you haven't been paying attention on the Syracuse YouTube channel, because, of course, we put it on YouTube and, and other... I think it's also gone on a couple of social media accounts, but not on the main SC one. Uh, they're doing the documentary style around the women's basketball program. Uh, they're trying to get some hope drummed up, because uh, if you didn't remember... <laughs> The circumstances over the last few years around the women's program have, uh, the vibes have not been good. Um, so they're trying to get some hope for a rebuild season going. Uh, that should be interesting. And again, I'm not someone who can speak to a lot of what Syracuse is uh, doing on that side because there's a lot of new players in there. It's basically a whole new team from scratch. We'll mon- the situation is being monitored. Uh, but just know that SU would really like you to remember this is a new coach, she's from Syracuse, and the vibes are good now. Don't worry about the old vibes. The vibes are good now. Well, and, you know, they're they're pushing it enough to even, if you're heading up to the Dome for the Lehigh game, uh, the women are playing at 3.30 tomorrow. So it's a, it's a tip-off doubleheader. Those always go fun. Those are those are fun to be mascot for. <laughs> yeah, I don't want from my know, experience. I don't want to know. <laughs> well, how... You have to work both games. Yes. No, that's time. So I'm sorry. I don't want to know how <laughs> bad that costume smells after two games worth of time in it. <laughs> like, um, yeah, no. Ugh. Do we do we really want to devote the last ten minutes into some inside auto? <laughs> Literally uh, inside auto. <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> We're making Christian uncomfortable. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah, good times. Uh, is, do we save the World Cup pre Syracuse version of the World Cup preview for next week? Uh, and wait and see if anybody gets hurt because half of the field feels like it's dealing with injuries at this point in time. And everyone's getting hurt. Like everyone's getting hurt at club level. So yeah, oh, yeah. Timo Werner's out like, too. At at the very least, it won't happen to Kamal because this season's done. Right. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is actually one of those situations where the MLS guys are like, "Oh boy, I'm I'm kind of glad we were like that." Was always going to be a big question mark for the MLS guys, and now they're all like, "Oh, geez, yeah." Who knew that not playing three games a week was going to ultimately end up being better for their health? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. You know. Meanwhile, you've got uh, Hemain Son uh, breaking his face. Yeah. Uh, like. Yeah, Richarlison's out with a calf, or at risk with yeah. a calf. Alfonso Davies is getting shut down until the World Cup yeah. now. Yep. Di Maria, Ferran- Dybala. Uh, yeah. Ben Chowell is uh, out for England for the entire... Yeah. No, is it... And, yeah, and uh, Reese James. So yeah, both, of, James. both of their fullbacks yeah. are down. Kyle Walker as well. Well, well at least they have fullbacks. Right. If England is short on something, it's oh. not fullbacks. Well... They are when Reese James, Kyle Walker, uh, Ben Chilwell, Kyle Walker-Peters are all out. I don't have Kieran Trippier on the right and Luke Shaw on the left. And probably if, Trent. If you'd have told me, yeah, yes, Alexander-Arnold, sure. But if you'd have told me Trippier and Shaw like five years ago, like yeah, last Trippier, World Cup cycle, <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, Trippier and Shaw now are decent enough. They're still decent enough, but like they're not, they're far from at their peak. Um, yeah, Emil Smith-Rowe Smith, uh, Smith and Kelvin Phillips for England are also out. Um, yeah. Yeah. France. And this is not even talking about the USA's injuries Fafana, list, Varane, which is not short. Jules Koundé, Bubakar Kamara, Kante, Pogba. France's entire team is injured. <laughs> Jesus. That is not, that's nope. not great. Yeah, Timo Werner out. Marco Royce because Marco Royce is always injured. Marco Royce is never not injured. Right. Depay and Wijnaldum for uh, Netherlands. Wow. We and then again, eight and then years again, ago. 
And then again, you get ago. the U.S. injuries, and it's like Miles, Wabam, and then yeah. Reyna is also on the always injured list. Uh, Weston so. just picked up a knack this week, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Chris De La Torre's out for the whole thing yep. with a hamstring tear. DK. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, I eight years ago, we said this World Cup was going to be a disaster. Eight years later, it is a disaster. Huh. Whoever yeah. could have seen this coming. Yeah. Uh, in other news, Pepe is apparently still playing. Oh, wow. Congratulations to him. Good Lord. More goal. I, he, where the hell is he playing? That's a great question. Um, he, Let's look that up. I think he's with Osberg? No, he's with Porto. Yeah, he's still with Porto. Oh. I forgot Jeez. he went back there. Oh, yeah, he went to Besiktas and then Porto. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's only 39, you know. What is he? <laughs> only only 39. Well, I mean, you've got Thiago Oh, my Silva. gosh. I got Ronaldo, Ronaldo's last chance at a World Cup. Oh, you were thinking of Ricardo Pepe. Pepe. Our Pepe. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, nope. No, I nope. was looking at Portugal because Nuno Mendes, Pepe, uh, Pedro Neto, and Diogo Jota are all injured too. No, oh, wow. Yeah. And you know, you also have Cristiano Ronaldo, who is whatever the hell he is now. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> Opting Manchester United. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm going to take my ball and go home. <laughs> Oh uh, boy! Uh, hey, we uh, we we started with football. We ended with football. Just mm-hmm. not the kind of football that I think people expected it to be. Yep. <laughs> Sounds about right. Uh, yeah. So, thank you for everybody who tuned into whatever this was. Uh, again, apologies. Next week, I will get a home field quality internet uh, connection, <laughs> and not the current one that I have that is an inferior internet connection. Uh, but thank you for those that are listening on the podcasting platform of choice. Make sure you rate us, review us, subscribe. Uh, help us trick the AI into expanding the Ottoman Empire. Uh, if you are watching this on Twitch Live, thank you for spending your Sunday nights with us. We are going to be spending most Sunday nights uh, doing the live stream unless something else crazy happens, like Syracuse making it to the ACC Championship Final or, or something along those lines. I don't even know when that game is, so probably shouldn't be saying that yet. Uh, and if you are watching on newsmagician.com, either uh, via audio or visual, thank you for coming to the site. We really do appreciate the support. Again, this week it's all FSU preview, basketball previews. This is this is the busy season around here when both of the big sports are in play, and we're going to try to talk about the other sports too. So please stick around for that. Women's basketball, uh, you know, is going to also be tipping off. Men's soccer obviously is on the run. Like there's other Syracuse sports happening. Field hockey. Uh it's gonna be it's a good time. This is this is the fun times. Maybe one of these teams will win something. That'll be even more fun. Uh please. Please please win. Please win. Win, win something. <laughs> uh on that note. Uh for Steve, for Christian, for myself, for all the oranges out there who would just really like to see a W, uh, go orange. <laughs> Go orange. Go orange.